When we refer to xylem as a pure play water technology leader, what we mean is that we touch every part of the water cycle and every facet of the water industry, including marine applications. And when I say marine applications, I'm not just talking about our legacy heat exchanger technology for Navy vessels. I'm talking about high quality products for recreational boating, such as bilge pumps. This episode of Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, gives listeners a deep dive into Xylem's marine business with Steve Childers, Sales Director for Specialty Flow Control in the Americas with Xylem. There's a whole world of innovation happening here at Xylem, and today we're exploring the marine industry. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Solving Water, a Xylem podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I'm joined today by Steve Tilders, Xylem's marine industry leader, to shed some much-deserved light on this part of the business. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Uh, Before we get into the actual interview, I would love it if you could tell our audience your background and what you do for Xylem. Okay, so my background is essentially, I'm a boating industry guy. On my LinkedIn, I call it boating industry expert, which is, you know, a bit of a a compliment to myself, but I truly am an expert on the industry. I grew up in the industry. I started in the business when I was 18 years old. There was a little factory down the block making boat care products. And I wandered in there one day and asked for a job and you know, they started me in the lab and got promoted to the warehouse. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 46 years later, I'm still in the boating business. I sit on the board of directors for the National Marine Manufacturers Association. I've actually worked only for two companies uh, in, these career, in this career, 17 years with the company down the block and 28 years now with Rule and Jabsco. And the brand has been owned by several companies including two big, powerful uh, companies, ITT and now Xylem for the past 10 years. Wow, fantastic. Where, where, where does that passion for the marine industry come from? Because you clearly have it. Well, you know, you start out as a nobody and, you know, you go into a, a, a sales meeting and nobody gives you the time or the respect as a young person. But over the years, you develop what I like to call inner authority, because knowledge is power. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm a personality in the industry now, uh, a thought leader, uh, an expert on merchandising and um, aftermarket sales, especially, and uh, a deep passion for, for boat building. So I think the passion comes from the fact that I, I love it. I understand it. I've done okay at it and I'm happy. So no reason not to be passionate about things that make you happy. And this company that was up the block from you, I mean, I live in Wisconsin, so, you know, where we have lots of lakes here, um, including the Great Lakes. Um, But, (laughs) you know, there are a lot of boating companies, industry manufacturers, in the area just because of that fact. So, I mean, was that the similar for you where you were growing up there, you know, yeah, well, lots largely, of water nearby? Sure. I grew up on Long Island, New York, um, and we've got 118 miles of coastline on both sides of the island. So the boating culture in Long Island, you know, back in the 1960s and 70s was very robust. 
Um, it wasn't, you didn't take a second mortgage out to own a boat. It seemed like everybody had a boat in their driveway and they dragged it to the beach every weekend. And this little company, uh, a great little company that's still alive and well today, you know, hired me. And it's like many of the businesses in the marine industry, these are family run businesses. You know, Xylem actually is an anomaly. There are only a few major uh, corporations that own marine brands, Xylem being one of them. So the business is largely made up of smaller companies. The The barriers to entry are kind of low for a boat builder itself. I mean, you know, I can say it kind of casually. You need a, a drum of fiberglass and you need a mold. And then you're off to the races as a boat builder. So it doesn't take a lot of investment. It takes ingenuity and passion to survive. And I think many of the companies in our business that are large now started off really small, including the two powerful brands that I'm privileged to serve, Japsco and Rule. Japsco was formed in 1938. We have the original patent on the flexible impeller pump. And Rule was formed in 1965 in Gloucester, Massachusetts, that served the fishing fleet out of Gloucester with their high-capacity bilge pumps. And I, you know, I came on board in 1992, and I've been investing passionately in both these brands ever since. That's a great segue to my next question, which was sort of take a step back for our listeners here, who I'm sure there are some. Uh, that are surprised that Xylem has a dedicated marine business because I know this thing kind of hums along. And um, and so I just, you know, if you can help uh, our audience understand, you know, what our sure. marine business entails, right? So you mentioned Rule and Jabsco, the brands, but what are some of the primary products that, that we're leading right now? And, you know, also maybe some of the customer, the types of customers that we work with. Sure. So, you know, Rule and Japsco are consumer brands. It's quite different than what we have at Xylem. We don't have a lot of consumer brands. We've got B2B brands. We have got industrial brands. And uh, we're one of the few businesses in our company that faces the actual consumer. Our packaging, you know, we probably put out two and a half to three million uh, units into the market each year with the Xylem logo on it which for us creates quite a following on social media for Xylem. We, I think we create the most traffic on the Xylem website than any brand, even though we are a very small piece of Xylem. Um, I think that's why they call us special. We're specialty flow control. So in the Japsco side, which is our older brand, uh, we specialize in flexible impeller pumps, uh, toilet and waste management systems, water pressure and washdown, and some specialty flexible impeller pumps that serve the ballast market, the oil changing market, and lots of other little things that we slap the Jabsco logo on and, uh, and we sell it as part of the package. Rule is a bit, of, bit more of a tighter brand. Like if you say the word Jabsco, you can think of many products. You say Rule, you think of bilge pump. So we've got a very tight brand statement with Rule uh, both of the brands are supported by our legacy flag that says pumping power and pumping life. Because if you try to explain the value statement for all of these pumps and go into great detail, the people glaze over. They're not interested in hearing that. 
So my message for the past 28 years is we have the most powerful pumps and we have the pumps that last the longest, hence pumping power and pumping life. So key, key player number one in bilge pumps worldwide for sure. And we play uh, at number two in other segments. Um, and when I talk to our customers, uh, they, they're they happy to say that Rule and Jafsco make up more than half of their business. So we are larger than all the other competitors combined. And the, the customer base is consumers, but we get to the consumers in various ways. First, we sell to OEM boat builders. There are about 250 production boat builders worldwide. And it is our job as salespeople to assure that our pumps are on the 10 different categories. And the reason we do that is that we know from data that anything sold to a boat builder will be resold in the marketplace anywhere between five and seven times within the life of the boat. The other thing that drives this business is the fact that boats are actually staying in the market longer and getting older over time. Uh, right now, the average age of any boat in the market is over 25 years old. So, you know, we work very hard to get our flag planted in that boat. And most times people want to replace like for like. We get to them through wholesale distribution. The wholesalers sell to the retailers and the retailers sell to the consumers. That's one way of getting to them. We also sell to a number of online retailers. I, I took the plunge and risked almost everything by opening up Amazon in 2007. And uh, it's proven to be a, a good decision. And we, um, we now have a very nice uh, relationship with Amazon. So online, additionally, uh, through uh, what we call a category killer, a couple of them exist you know, unlike Home Depot and Walmart, which are, which we don't sell to, they are um, big box retailers. A category killer is something like a Petco who concentrates on one segment. And our category killer is West Marine. West Marine operates about 250 stores in the United States uh, and Canada, and they service the market in a great way. And we have a dominant position I invite anybody to go in to see the product line at any of our key retailer stores that are serviced by distributors and West Marine. So that's how we get to our customers. Sure. And so if we're looking at an average customer, do I have to be, can I just be a, a new boat owner? Do I have to have a special kind of boat? Can I be a casual you know, boat, recreational boater, or do I need to be like really into the nuts and bolts and every little piece and putting it, you know, you know what I mean? Like super avid. Well, boater. there are, sure. There are numerous ways to get into boating. One of the most popular way that is emerging now is the sharing economy. So we're seeing things like the freedom boat club that will allow you, Amanda, to sign up to use the boat a boat 12 times a year it doesn't have to be the same boat because they'll have a fleet of boats that you can participate in. Most people like to own their own boat. They'll start off with a, a smaller boat. There was a time when Bayliner in the 1980s was putting out thousands of boats into the market 
at a retail price of about $10,000 for a boat, a motor, and a trailer. They did a great service to the marine industry by uh, getting an entry-level boat. And as time goes by, people like to move up, you know, every couple of years, five foot more. And all of a sudden you're into a, into a big yacht. So the, the, big, the big challenge, however, is, well, there's several challenges for a new boat owner. You know, it's the time commitment. It's the financial commitment. One thing that we have discovered on the board that I sit on is the cost to own a boat is not necessarily fully understood at the get-go. People will finance a boat for X amount of dollars a month, and generally the maintenance and the upkeep is that same price as well. So they go in thinking they're going to spend $700 a month, and they end up spending $1,400 a month. So we have some fallout of first-time boat owners, but generally the experience for boat owners is so rich and so family-oriented that they they become committed. And it is just incredible to see how passionate our customers are for their boats. And I love it when they trust Japsco and Rule. You can walk the docks of any boat show and lift up the hatch and see those Rule bilge bumps in the bottom there. It's just a great feeling. For so, sure. And is there yeah. a, um, something that, that that our customers are prioritizing right now. I know that things shift in the industry, well, in any industry all the time. Um, but, you know, what are, what are some of the most important things to our customers right now and how are we at Xylem addressing those? Well, you know, right now is a very special time. I, in all my years, I've never seen such a situation that we have now. Usually people are, you know, my, my, the factory is begging me for orders, and now they're screaming at me to stop sending them orders. So supply chain is a big challenge right now for our customers. And we prioritize our boat builders because they are the heartbeat of the, of the business. So they're, everyone is concentrating on supply chain at this moment. The other thing that over time has come out loud and clear is, you know, we're a very visible brand and we have lots of competition and the competitors are actually pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. So lots of times people have tried out, well, maybe I could save a few bucks by trying this brand or that brand. Um, and invariably they learn their lesson and they come, they come back to us. So, you know, we've seen that happen. We've seen a lot of knockoffs in the market that look like us and mimic us. And, you know, we take measures to to stop that. So the customers are now shifting to quality because people are willing to pay for quality. In tough economic times, we always see that the leading brands are actually the winners because the um, the inventory position of distributors they only have so much money to spend and they might as well place their bets on the leading brands. So I would say they are looking at supply chain right now and reliability. 
That's a really interesting perspective. And I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like when you were talking about this being a historic time for you in your career this year, um, I'm guessing that there might be some relation uh, of COVID-19 to the impact to the industry. And if, if that's true, I would love to hear your perspective on that. Sure. Yes. Uh, well, we, we saw last year there was an immediate reaction to, can I say, people's spending habits. So people couldn't go on vacation last year. They couldn't attend sporting events. But a lot of them have all this money that's burning a hole in their pocket. So they shifted to boats. And just give you a, a couple samples of what's going on. The, the recre- recreational market in the United States is absolutely booming. Between RVs and marine, nobody can keep anything in stock. Our boat builders are sold out through 2022 already. So there's a huge backlog of new boats that are going to be built because people have people want recreation. They they have learned to place a little bit more high priority on family time, and there's no more family fen- friendly. Uh, sport to engage in than than boating. So, you know, we've seen incredible sales increases, especially on our online customer portals, um, you know, 30% higher than prior prior year is kind of a conservative estimate. You know, the industry has faced lots of challenges over the years. Um, as, as the as the economy goes, so goes the boating business. So when people feel rich, they get into boating. So what happens when we see a recession is that boating is the first thing that they say, we don't need it. It's a luxury. And it's actually the last thing to come back because it's a luxury. And now I can afford that. You know, on top of those uh, swings in the, in the, the economy, We've seen government stand, step in and mess things up. Obviously, we've seen tariffs, which is all over the place. But we've even seen the governments uh, step in and issue what we call luxury taxes. So if a boat was X, over $100,000, there was a 30% luxury tax that you had to pay. And we've seen that intervention over and over again. And, you know, my work on the NMAA board is to deal with senators and representatives to um, highlight the value of boating and what it does for people and try to refute some of these initiatives that that government would have. Yeah, I can imagine that is a a constant pendulum swinging back and forth, as you were saying. And so... Would you say that this last year is an anomaly in terms of shifts you've seen in the industry over time? Or have you seen um, any other major changes in the marine industry uh, since well, you started? It was, it was certainly a blessing for marine to see this event happen because, you know, we've been working for years and years to try to diversify the um, the market um, is largely 
the traditional boater, and we've reached out to uh, women and and to diverse cultures to to jump on board and join our business. We've also been losing market share um, because of so many other discretionary spend activities. We've lost some young people over time, but in 2020, we've seen an increase in new boaters to the tune of 30%. So we've seen more diversity, um, more women becoming boat owners, and more young people getting back into boating. And our job as an industry is to make sure that we don't get any fallout from them. We want to make sure, and we've highlighted those people, and we treat them with white gloves to make sure their experience is really good and they'll stay with us. So, you know, all of the work that the industry has done over the years to promote and to try to expand the market was blown away by COVID, which for us was, you know, something very, very unique. And uh, we were able to take advantage of that. I think it definitely was a great alternative for people who couldn't um, expand beyond their immediate family and activity that they can do outside. And exactly. Um, so it's sort of uh, an interesting crossroads between an unfortunate event and yet one that um, right. has in exactly. some ways brought people closer together. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Just shifting gears a little bit. What kinds of things are you personally working on right now for the marine business? Are you, are, is it a technology? Did we, new products or well right right now i am greatly concerned with what i call business intelligence um going from 70 percent travel to zero and not showing up in any customer's office for over a year i mean sales guys know when they go into an office I mean, we do things like read upside down. We get the feel of the culture. We look at what's on people's shelves. We ask probing questions. So, you know, we've done some great um, online training on how to conduct a sales call and be effective on that. Xylem's provided that for us. So I'm engaging those tools to keep abreast of what's going on you know, in customers' heads and in their hearts. Um, but most of my time these days is firefighting because we are working so hard to keep supply going. Um, I'm borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, scrambling to keep uh, customers happy, managing a price increase, which we, which we just announced and trying to do a better job at forecasting, which I will say that I've done, I've never done such a poor job in forecasting that I've done this year, because what came at us was completely unpredictable and unexplained. So um, as far as long-term go, I, I'm, I'm working to, you know, get the business in good shape for the future. I'm trying to make decisions that are not personally motivated, but 
needed for the long-term health of the business. We're looking at our sales programs. We're looking at our distribution network. We're doing all the right things to position ourselves for the next five to 10 years. And it'll be different. I mean, salespeople will be different. Sales activities will be different. Customer, customer needs will be different. I don't think that the online shift is a flash in the pan that will go on forever and ever. Our wholesale brick and mortar distributors are also modifying their activity to, to stay abreast of the changes in the market. We're also trying to position ourselves to be players in the sharing economy. So we're going to be focusing on the charter market, uh, specialty repair markets, mobile marine mechanic market. Um, as things change over time, we can't afford to stand still. So those are the, the activities that I'm, in, I'm engaged in at this point. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great overview. You even uh, got after sort of some of the industry trends and the way you're seeing things evolve over time, which is, which is great to, to know that we're, um, that we're right in the thick of it and that we're acknowledging these, these shifts and, and doing what we can to stay sure. on the right side of those. Just a couple more questions for you, uh, Steve, so far, um, really interesting conversation. Um, just because you've been in the industry for so long and in two different companies, but I know that, you know, Xylem has gone through some evolutions itself over the years. What is uh, one of your favorite stories to tell? Like what is one of your like most memorable experiences in this position? Well, um, I would just say that sitting in a booth in a boat show is a fantastic experience because some people make a beeline to your booth because they're hotter than a pistol because something went wrong with their pump and they, and you just sit there and take it. And I often let them finish. I say, are you finished now? And then I have a calm conversation with this unhappy customer. I give him my business card and I have a friend for life. In fact, I got a phone call this week from some guy who I met in the Miami boat show 13 years ago, and he kept my business card, and he called me and asked a very simple question, and I, I gave him the answer. So, you know, the, the consumer interactions to me is the, is the greatest thing that um, I can say is my most memorable experience. But there's one thing, you know, I started off in the business as a product manager. <clears throat> product manager is like the mother of the product line. So you get the, the accolades, which are few and far between, but you get all of the negativity. So I had a, an old man send back a, a bilge pump to me, landed on my desk and I opened the box and it was this old decrepit pump. And I, I looked at I looked at the date code. Now this was back in 1997, and this guy was berating, and this letter berated us and our engineers for producing such a bad product. I looked at the date code; it was manufactured in 1976, and I wrote him a letter back, and I said, "I'm so sorry you're disappointed with the performance of our pump." 
Um, you know, the engineers actually did do a good job in producing this product because according to the date code, it was manufactured in 1976. And that was when Jimmy Carter was president. I would love to go back to the engineers to, uh, to uh, compliment them, but I can't because they're all dead. So <laughs> the guy, the, the guy wrote back to me just one word, touche. <laughs> so he, he, he got, he got, he got the point, but we have so many great stories of making people happy. Um, and you know, but the statement that the customer is always right, you know, I always take umbrage with that because the customer is not always right, but it takes a, a big company and a humble approach to let them win. You know, tie goes to the customer, right? It doesn't go to us. We let the customer win more often than, than they should. And I think that has also built our brand that we're a reputable quality company and well-respected company in the market. Well, that's great. It was a uh, great, thank you for sharing that experience with us. Um, <laughs> I just have one last question for you, Steve. Um, and that's a question I ask all of our guests on Solving Water. And um, that is, what's the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? Well, obviously, without water, there is no need for boats. So first of all, we need clean water to enjoy boating. And I think that from a, uh, an industry perspective, the environment is vitally important to the health of our business. You know, water access in itself is a very tough challenge for the business. And we've worked with Congress and with the EPA to do good things for the environment, to preserve the fisheries, to preserve uh, water access for, for boats. The Clean Water Act that was enacted by our business and we fit so nicely into that. Um, when we talk about watermark to our customers, they're really highly interested in that, that here's one company that is dedicating their existence to solving water and keeping water accessible to people for drinking and for recreational purposes. I know that Xylem is more into the drinking water than than the uh, the preservation of the seas, but I take liberties in my high age to add that to the to the value statement the company brings. So I, th I think um, that's you know, wonderful. We've seen, we've seen so many areas of our country where, when when the fishing is bad and the waters are polluted, the whole business goes down the drain. So it's a bit self-serving and wonderful, though, that our company supports that. Just goes to show you how connected everything really is to water. Yep, for sure. Well, Steve, I so appreciate your candor and sharing all this information about Xylem's marine business. I want to thank our audience for listening to this episode of Solving Water. For more information on Xylem and the marine industry, look for a link in the show notes. And as always, email me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com with show topics, feedback, or to be a guest on the show. Thanks again, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you very much. 
The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe.